This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. No, I was just saying, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And you were talking about uh, removal of the, uh, you know, mainstream media. Well, if you follow Peter Thiel and his guy, Curtis Yarvin, part of their plan under centralizing everything is to remove mainstream media and academia and concentrate that under the king as well. So I'm sure it'll be much better when it's concentrated under the king. But. Let me, let me just bring this up to you because yeah, I never said I, I never said this to the audience. You were talking about 1948, the Smith Munt Act. Now, obviously, our government was probably propaganda uh, propagandizing us before, but that actually made it legal um, when they removed yeah. that for them to propagandize U.S. citizens on U.S. soil, and they did it under the guise that because of satellite communication and internet and everything else, that they weren't going to be able to separate the two anymore. And I've never mentioned this to my audience, but right. folks, Steve Bannon, because now on his War Room show, has uh, reporter Joe Allen, who we tried to get on the show, who, uh, after I hammered him on Twitter about Peter Thiel, he has not returned any of my emails. Um, Steve Bannon's <laughs> show is produced by Voice uh, America's Voice, Real America's Voice, and um, they control a lot of the new conservative news. Now, Real America's Voice, when they launched... Their news feed was feeding all of the news from Voice of America. Voice of America is the CIA. That's the CIA, one of, uh, just like Radio Free Europe, Radio Free Asia, is CIA propaganda that we launched during World War II overseas. And then we have Voice mm-hmm. of America. And so they were using and curating right. all of Voice of America's news as their own news. And so I've done some research into Real America's Voice, who produces Steve Bannon's show. And Real America's Voice, folks, is tied right into that network and there was a big thing that occurred when steve bannon was instrumental in the trump white house that they installed one of his allies mm-hmm. in charge of the uh, governing body that oversees all of our government's propaganda it's all intertwined i mean everyone is aware of operation mockingbird you have somebody like anderson cooper who openly admitted to training in the cia journalist school but then says that has no effect over how he does his reporting you yeah, have tucker right. carlson's father Tucker Carlson's father, who was instrumental in all of that. So, I mean, you have these guys, but you have Sean Hannity wears a CIA pin on his lapel every night for the last five, six years. So, I mean, you have these guys all right out in the open. I mean, everything is now government propaganda. The other thing that we talk about here is that the majority of these so-called influencers that we see they grow out of systems that are funded by people like peter thiel on the right you have other ones funded by people like george soros on the left and those guys are all front men they're oligarchs for the government so everything is now tainted i mean there's very few uh, it's difficult i have to sit here and say i'm not one of them i mean if mike is one of them i don't know that because he isn't paying my bills but the thing is is that uh 
there's right. so many people out there that are tainted and now they're part of this network and they're all pushing these uh, influence campaigns and at the end of the day I think they're driving us towards this whole concept of uh, technocracy that's the only way you can really truly manage uh, a worldwide government is through a technocracy and like I said they didn't have the technology to do it before now they do have the technology to do it and they don't have to ever see this is the key to this thing even if you like let's say you were going to actually implement a true like democracy like a populist democracy and let's say everyone has a smartphone and every morning you get up and it says uh this is the federal government do you want garbage to be picked up on tuesdays or fridays right and so you vote tuesday and then it comes back at the end of the day like a twitter poll and it says 61 percent of the world population wants garbage picked up on fridays now you're just assuming that over 50% of the people actually voted for that. You're assuming that the right. system is not fake. It's not rigged. <laughs> so all they have to do, and this is fed through uh, TV shows, social media, basically the personalized feedback loops, you know, the propaganda. They only have yeah. to make you believe. Once you accept the idea of a democracy, which is more than 50% vote for one thing or the other thing, once they make you accept that that's real and it's true and it's transparent, then all they have to do is make you believe the illusion that there's a mandate by the people. So if they implement right. or anoint a king, whether that be, let's say, that, that Theo and them want Trump to do it from the inside, or whether it's going to be someone like Elon Musk anointed the technocratic king from the outside because he can't technically be president, even though we don't have any laws or constitution anymore. But let's just say they pretend there is. Oh, he no, can't but be. But they will anoint him the technocratic king from the outside because he's been anointed as that by Joe Rogan. And then let's say Trump runs, you'll have him anointed from the inside. They don't have to get 50% of people to actually vote for a tech no fascist king they just have to create an illusion that over 50 percent of the people right. agreed with it and then the rest of the people eventually get in line i think part of this election fraud stuff we had to live through the last two years to me it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. so what are we talking about I, I look at election fraud as that it ends up with two people that i don't want and i have to accept one of them that's fraud enough to me but so if yeah. both people are bought and paid for, who cares if they let people actually vote and if they really count the votes and that's how the person wins or if they actually rig a machine one way or the other at this point, who cares? So with, with Trump, we got COVID land, the high school theater production. You think I want him any more than I want Joe Biden? No, I want none of them. Actually, at the end of the day, I want no one. <laughs> so they drive people into this illusion of choice. But when you built up January 6th, uh, this would have been the psychological operation I would have ran. You build up January 6th, you build up election fraud, you have Trump keep talking about it, and eventually everyone just becomes desensitized to the idea that there is election fraud. There's no mass uprising. People weren't burning down the elite's mansions, you know, and dragging them out of their homes right. and beating them in the streets. I mean, I'm not talking about Paul Pelosi uh, and his boyfriend hitting each other with hammers. But the thing <laughs> oh, is, God, is that... That's so funny. 
But so what they did is they ran a test and the test was you gin everybody up and then in the end, everyone just accepts it. Even if you truly believe there was fraud, you just accept it. And so now they know, just like with COVID, they could push everyone around. Now they know with election fraud, they could run a system like this and they could just say, look, at the end of the day, there was no fraud. There's a mandate. Trump is the techno king. That's just the way it's going to be. And the vast majority of people just are going to accept it because they are already know there's never upheaval in the streets everything we've ever seen in the streets in the last decade was all orchestrated and fake antifa was fake blm is fake uh the january 6th stuff is fake all that stuff is fake it's all orchestrated by the state uh i I tend to believe even the trucker stuff was not that there weren't real truckers there uh who were supporting the cause but i believe the leadership was fake the idea behind that was to set up uh a scenario in which they could collapse supply chains and then eventually they could run this scheme again and then use it to introduce autonomous trucks under Elon Musk. They could say, see, the truckers are selfish. They won't bring you your food. So now Elon Musk has a fleet of 1 million autonomous trucks we're going to roll out. Everything these guys do is just so strategic. It's like the perfect, uh, like the perfect book. Like you and I were talking about, um, when I reached out to you about six weeks ago and I said, hey, what if we wrote a book mm-hmm. about the history of technocracy and transhumanism? I'm almost at the point right. where I'm like, it might be better to write a fictional novel, like the best dystopian yeah. novel ever written. And we don't even have to make anything up. We just bring everything in from real yeah. life. And I'm yeah. thinking we don't even make up names for them. Like, we'll just call Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel. Why should we even make up names for the characters at this point? Why do we even have to worry? I know we don't even have to worry about it. I mean, listen, they, they put everything out there for the truth. And most people don't have the time or the energy to go and look for it, do research or do anything. But hey, we'll just put it all in one book. You buy the book and there's there's the history. There you go. This is exactly what they've been doing. I, I, I love that idea, actually. It would be easier than trying to come up with uh, characters. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we could just call it like... We'll just call it like the the Bible according to technocracy or something. Like like let's just we yeah, we put yeah. all this. I, I mean, the book would be. I, I've started jotting down ideas. I know you started bulleting some stuff. I'm like my book right now would be about seventeen thousand pages. Like I don't like I gotta have a chapter where it's a dark layer where uh, Ray Kurzweil is like in his dungeon and he's stirring a big cauldron right. and uh, like figuring out how to beam his consciousness up to the cloud i mean it would be it actually needs to be released on halloween for sure like it like uh it definitely has to be released it'd be like it'd be like well i know and of course i've got so much entertainment stuff it's crazy and i mean let's talk about halloween just for a second i mean they came out with a hocus pocus 2 hocus pocus the original one was done in the 80s 87 88 something like that and it starred of course bet midler and uh, uh, what's her name? Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, Kathy Nimji as these witches that come back from, they, they get re, re, I guess they get reincarnated or whatever after a virgin lights this candle. Anyway, it's a cult classic. I liked it. I mean, you know, I used to watch it every single Halloween because it was just going back in time, right? 
Well, anyway, Disney, of course, uh, which everybody needs to, like, get rid of Disney. I'm sorry. And I was a huge Disney person, so it pains me to say that. But Which, which, which yeah, Chrissy, by, by the way, by the way, that plot wouldn't work today because there's no more virgins. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? There's no more virgins in the world anymore. I mean, it's so crazy. But, yeah, so just so, so Hocus Pocus 2 is then I haven't watched it. I refuse to go over and pay money and do anything with that, right? But I found it really interesting. And, you know, as far as the entertainment goes, I mean, it, 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 it could be infinity. I, there's so many subjects to talk about and how they've infiltrated. I mean, when you go back, I've, I actually researched, you know, the beginnings of when they, when TV, how they even create, you know, uh, in, invented television when they brought it out to the World Fair, and I think it was 1939. The 1939 fair, they brought it out, and then within 20 years, they seem to work in 10-year increments, is what I've realized. Um, this cabal, this whatever, because they 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 have set goals. You know, we talk about Bilderberg. Uh, you know, their meetings every every year. They that's how they plan. They they have specific goals for each year and that's what they do they plan this stuff out because by 1950s mid 50s um most households at that point my mother she was uh let me think she was 15 or something when they when her family got the first tv in their home but by the by by 1960 most homes had te- at least one television and you know then you go on the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and into the present. It's so interesting how, I mean, most homes have two or three or four TVs, not to mention computers and everything else. And so, you know, when you look at the big picture of how they've been able to infiltrate our daily lives, I mean, everything revolves around the TV now. You know, what do you do when you're homesick? You sit home and watch TV. What do you do when you come home from work? You watch TV. What do you do when you're out and about? Now they've made it so that you, you know, you can pull it up on your phone, whatever you want, you can pull up. Uh, all these apps, they make it, you know, the apps on the, on cell phones, they have so only came out pretty much in 2009, 2008, 2009. And look where we are now, 10 years later, everybody's got one, got, got a smartphone, everybody's got an iPhone, everybody, or, or some form of a smartphone. Everybody's got apps all over the place. I mean, it's incredible how they operate. And I actually, I mean, in some ways, in some respect, I feel like, you know, wow, you know, that they came up with these plans to drive the populace into these things. And uh, they do it through shows also. Um, you know, I was a huge X-Files fan, of course. I'm a big, I mean, I like sci-fi. Huge, of course, I love David Duchovny, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I was a huge X Files fan. That came out in 1993, and there were, I mean, you think Chris Carter, who was the creator and writer, uh, he wrote most of the episodes, the the mythology episodes about the alien, all that stuff, the the shadow government, and all that. That shit was going on. I mean, they talked about the experiments. They went down in the dumps where they were doing experiments, where they were doing experiments with, you know, creating humans and alien hybrids and all that. Do you really think that that's not real? Of course it is. Of course. And Chris Carter brought it all up to the front in the 90s. 
and you know, and and what and I mean, the Exiles fans. I mean, they're so. I mean, worldwide. So that's how television has, you know, it 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 helps shape your ideologies. It helps shape your, you know, what you think you know, you know, and it's so embedded in our lives it really is incredible when i when when i take a step back and look at everything like when you know we were talking about doing this book i was like oh my god like my section i mean i don't even know i mean thousands of pages really when you, when you get down it. yeah because i've i've only mapped out 17 chapters at this point for entertainment and i'm thinking well i better stop or else nobody's who's gonna read this book that has <laughs> a zillion pages in it you know <laughs> i mean have to do a series maybe or something a still a series of books or concentrating on one aspect maybe and then i don't know it's endless it could be an endless an endless series really yeah it's just so much it's going to be like the encyclopedia britannica of uh technocracy and transhumanism no i well that's see that's what i was thinking is that of doing it a multiple because here i've been trying to focus on understanding the history then where we are today and then where it's going and the whole reason like you you were talking earlier about uh living your life continuing to live your life and so what i always try to talk about here is that if you understand where we're at and where we're gonna where we're going like you look at their 2030 plans or 2050 plans you try to figure out where we're going then you're able to start to figure out the moves you have to make if you want to if this is just in your personal life look if they decide to yeah. just you know uh crop dust your garden in the backyard and kill everything there's nothing you could really do about that if they decide to just round right. us up and kill us there's nothing you could really do i mean so you can't get so black pilled on that stuff that you give up on trying to insulate right. yourself from this stuff and so I just figured the more you know that's coming, the more you can plan ahead. Not really for us. I mean, as far as I'm concerned now, I'm only 41, but now my life is going to be about uh, my kid. So it's you have to figure mm-hmm. out uh, the world that you want to try to raise them in. But at the same time, I really think about it a lot. Like, I'm going to have to teach them uh between the ages of zero and 13 basically everything from going full amish to being a computer programmer so that when they turn 13 14 15 they can decide what direction they want to go if they decide they want to put a brain chip in and and try to go live life in the matrix i mean at the end of the day that's their choice but if i can educate them on that whole range like hey you want to live like ted kaczynski out in a cabin somewhere you want to live like daniel boone like okay this is how you're going to do it if you decide you want to be a computer programmer and work for the bad guys then you know this is how you do it you can't completely uh isolate them or insulate them because once they see the real world they're going to be like holy crap you did not train me for this (laughs) you did not get me ready for this so i was almost actually thinking about the idea of creating a character that is like a little baby born into this stuff and then where mm-hmm. they're going to be 18 years from now it's it's very difficult i mean we can look at their plans but a lot of it is very difficult to yeah. predict because technology is reaching the point of exponential growth and that's where things start to get really dangerous because uh you know and Yuval Noah Harari is basically spitting in our face but he is telling you the truth that yeah. there's going to come a point where 
every day you wake up, you're going to have to reinvent yourself because you uh, are a truck driver. You lose your job to an autonomous truck. So then you say, well, I want to stay in this industry. So I'm going to become a mechanic who learns how to fix autonomous trucks. Well, then you wake up tomorrow and they have a robot that fixes autonomous trucks. They don't need you anymore. Now, what are you going to be? And so every day that goes by, you have to completely reinvent. I've been focused a lot on the show, too, talking about how we don't realize it, but technocracy is actually already here, and they actually did it through the guise of the so-called private sector. If you think about a vast majority of the service industry workers have been moved into gig work. Well, gig work is controlled by the technocracy. Therefore, they're controlling the means of distribution through the gig workers, and they're also controlling the work schedules, which is what they want. If you take creatives, you know, graphic designers, uh, illustrators, video editors, vast majority of those people sell their work now, their services through Fiverr.com and websites like that. Well, what is that? We've just concentrated all the creative services under the technocrats. So they've moved us into the technocracy. I mean, Chrissy, think about it from the perspective of content creators, like truly independent content creators. You rely on YouTube. Yeah. BitChute odyssey Mm -hmm. rumble look at me i'm on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. all that stuff is concentrated under the hands of the technocracy a lot of people don't know this but rumble that's uh owned by peter thiel spotify is owned by peter thiel so when when rogan was supposedly having a spat with spotify over his covid denialism Uh which was a complete lie and they said uh rumble's going to give him a hundred million dollars to leave and come over to rumble it was peter thiel that owns spotify peter thiel that owns rumble so it was peter thiel trying to take joe rogan away from peter thiel (laughs) so as you can see yeah we're, we're, we're already under the technocracy yeah, totally. And it was so funny, too, because my niece, she's 28, and she loves Joe Rogan. I mean, and I try and tell her, she's like, can you believe they're going to take him off? Well, I said, honey, <laughs> let me tell you a little story, you know, and I told her and she still has a hard time wrapping her. Like, no, I really don't think that that would, why would he do that? I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's just it's all. It's all perceptions, it's all antics, it's all, you know, it's just all an illusion, 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 everywhere. And, you know, unfortunately, young minds, especially, you know, there's TikTok, which is, I guess, the big thing. I have not been on TikTok. My niece is on there 24-7. You know, that's why she started watching Joe Rogan, by the way, because he puts clips of his show on TikTok. Oh. I mean, like social media is really driving a lot of these, you know, these crazy feuds and, you know, everything like that. And it's all meant to basically, I think in the long run, uh, you know, distract and uh, control program these young people into believing whatever you know whatever the whatever it is that they've targeted at that moment but you know it's really sad this is where we're at in this country and in this world and you know you talk about bringing your your i still say it's a i'll be shocked if it's not a son that's my prediction is that you're having a son but um you're right you know I, we, listen, when I was growing up, I mean, we never were trained for anything in the real world. Not really, you know, 
uh, we were able to just learn, you know, learn as you go. And then you get into the workforce and you realize how things really are and how hard things are, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, anyway, my point is, is that it, it, you, you have to take an active role as a parent to guide your kids. And the thing is, it's like you don't want to be talking about, you know, this whole sex ed thing really irks me with the elementary level. I mean, that's just not even necessary. I mean, maybe in sixth grade, but even at sixth grade, I, you know, I don't know. But my point is that you have to educate your children for what it is that they're going to have to endure or see. And you have to, you know, really um, get them to start critically thinking on their own because a critically thinking, uh, you know, generation is going to hopefully change the way society sees things. And my hope is that I, I, I mean, I'm still a little bit of Pollyanna because I really am hoping some of this stuff does not happen like we've been talking about is going to, it, it's inevitably going there. But I keep hoping that there's going to be some divine intervention here that's going to at least push it back for further because I just, I just, uh, it just, when I hear, you know, I don't have children uh, of my own, but I worry about my nieces and nephews. They're all, you know, 50. 16 years old and under most of them are elementary level right now and it's just it it really it breaks my heart to think of the world that they're going to have to live in with this tech tech i can never say the word technocracy did i say that right (laughs) technocracy anyway (laughs) technocracy sorry um, but yeah, you know, when they, when I think about that, where they're, they're not, they might be out of a job because of friggin' robot. I mean, let's talk about robots for just a second. Did you see that Katy Perry, Perry thing last week? No. Uh, she was on stage in Las Vegas. Okay. Well, she was in, in on stage in Las Vegas and all of a sudden her eye would not open. I, I, I'm telling you that is not Katy Perry. <laughs> I believe it's a robot. Uh, her skin is perfect porcelain. I mean, everything, and it was crazy. It was like a glitch, an eye glitch, they're calling it. You can look at uh, (laughs) everybody online that's talking about it. It was hilarious. And then there's a picture of her. There's another video from seven years ago where it it looked to me like it was a robot or a mannequin or whatever. I don't know. She was on, I think, American Idol stage, and then all of a sudden it kind of, you know, falls down on stage, and then they picked her up like she was a mannequin and carried her off stage. I couldn't. Oh my it. god! I mean, I'm looking at this eye picture. Yeah. yeah, either either she had Isn't a stroke from the vaccine and got Bell's palsy, or or yeah, it's like a robot melting. That's totally, and it was just crazy. And but look at her. She has. No, I mean, she looks like it's just all fake anyway. There's no way. I mean, you can't see any wrinkles. There's no. She's porcelain skin. I mean, it's insane. And I believe. I mean, listen. They've got uh, commercials of uh, claiming that they're working on it. But I mean, you you see commercials with robots running and all this. I mean, to say that I think a lot of these. This is my belief. I believe a lot of these. Um, Hollywood elites and stuff. About 2015, I remember seeing a documentary about these luxury bunkers that they had. 
there were these luxury bunkers and it was like a whole apartment whole city underneath which we know that exists okay and on the compound they had their own security with security tower and everything um and i believe a lot of these hollywood elites are underground they're doing their satanic crap and waiting for the whole world to implode and then they'll come back up uh you know just like snakes they are when um whatever they've gotten you know with new world order is finally in place or whatever then uh then they'll come up out of their holes uh like the snakes they are so you know um it's so interesting to me. It's, it, it, well, when it's I either, saw that it, Katy Perry thing, it was crazy.